We are back. Spurs Nation podcast here. Jabari Young kicking it with you. 2017-18 season is now here as the Spurs Media Day has come and gone. And so much to talk about as the season approaches. First of all, we've got to say thank you for following us on SoundCloud and subscribing to us on iTunes. Definitely appreciate the support. And you know where to go for all your Spurs news and notes, right? ExpressNews.com. MySay.com kicking it too. So, uh, you know, let's get right into it. Got a columnist, Mike Finger, here with me uh, to talk about the things we learned uh, on Spurs Media Day. And, uh, Mike, I think it was kind of an intriguing day, um, you know, other than the rain. But uh, there's a couple of gems in there that that, that we've learned. Um, And I'm talking about basketball-related, not even uh, on Popovich, Greg Popovich's 12-plus minutes of uh, comments that he made on social injustices and anthem protests and NASCAR uh, owner Richard Petty, his comments. But uh, your overall take uh, on media day, man, what do you think? You, usually, Jabari, you've been to these before. Usually it's kind of routine and, and you don't get a lot of surprises out of these things. And I wasn't expecting any surprises. But like you said, there were a couple of gems. Like yeah. when you walked in there, did you expect to see a, a healthy Tony Parker come over and talk to us on the first day? Yeah. I mean, if, if, if people would have mentioned that, uh, last May, when he's there screaming, writhing on the court, there's no way you would have thought he'd walked in uh, ready to talk and ready to act like he's ready to get on the court. And and the other thing is, and I, I know we'll get into all this, but uh, we saw a little bit more of a candid Lamarcus Aldridge than I expected. You know, mm-hmm. he, he was more truthful and, and honest about things. So, yeah, in terms of a media day, which usually is just a lot of cliches and and a lot of stuff that most people would have expected, this 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 was a newsworthy. Uh, Really interesting day out there at, at, at Spurs Lane. Yeah. Well, you know what? Let's hop right into it because that's the number one thing that I felt outside of, like I said, Greg Popovich's comments that was number one. Uh, and I know Jeff McDonald's picked up the Express News to read the article uh, that's going to be written on it. But Lamarcus Aldridge, you know, basically kind of, in a way, kind of saying that what everyone was talking about was true because if frustration Frustration is not happiness, right? I mean, that you can't be happy yeah. and frustrated at the same time. So he, he didn't say he wasn't happy here, but he did say that at one point there was some frustration about his role offensively. Greg Popovich did praise him on the defensive end, but offensively his role on this team. And moving forward, they said that they want to. He wants to, you know, try to make it work. But um, I, I think that's as honest as he's been about his role over the last year and a half since we first discovered that, hey, things may not all, you know, be all, you know, la-la uh, up in, in Spurs' world. And and even though we all suspected that was the case, I mean, all, all of us knew that he wasn't, you know, the happiest person in the world in San Antonio. When he said that today that there was a bit of frustration, uh, my jaw dropped I, cause, because he is usually not that type of guy. He, yeah. He's the type of guy who likes to play down all kinds of controversy, even if there was frustration. Frustration. Yeah. He never admits it. And when he said, yeah, there was a bit of frustration, and, and I'm not going to get the quote exactly right, uh, but I think he said something like, I, I need to figure out how to fit who I was into who I am. Yeah. Um, but that's kind of going through his mind as he's trying to figure out how to be a spur going into, what is it, year three? Um, you know, I, I'm not saying that's something to worry about if you're a Spurs fan or something to, to freak out about. I just found it fascinating that he was kind of owning up to that and saying, yeah, I, I, of course I was frustrated uh, yeah. trying to fit in here. And, and I think most fans realize that if they're watching, that this is you a know, guy it's, who... It's so, it's so crazy because, you know, you, you, you hit it on the money. I, 
I jumped in there right fast, and he was joking like, you know, man, you you just going to bring it right out. And I said, because I thought he was going to downplay it. I thought he was going to say I'm not yep. going to get into all of that. It, you know, it happened over the offseason. I'm here now. I'm a spur. But the fact that he admitted it, you know, and, and the fact now, listen, Craig Popovich stood up there, and I think he tried to take all of the heat off of LaMarcus and say, hey, it's my fault. You know, I, I got to fit, you know, and, and find where the ways to get him incorporated. But I think Greg Popovich was doing, you know, he, he may have took more heat than he probably should have. I know he's the head coach. He always wants to protect his guys. But I talk to people in the NBA all the time, and they all told me last season, Popovich has called his number on that block, on that left block, more than any time that he's been here. You know, left block, isolation, mm-hmm. that forward down play, that's for LaMarcus Aldridge. That's, hey, get the ball down to the post, clear out, let him do his thing. And LaMarcus couldn't make it work, man. He said he took some of the blame, Popovich took some of the blame. Let me ask you, man. How how do you think it's going to play out for the season? Because if by halfway point, if by the trade deadline, it's the same old, same old, you know, he'll have a couple of big games and a whole bunch of bad games and it doesn't look like he's fitting, you almost think they got to cut ties, right? Here's the problem with that. Um, this, is a, this is a franchise from uh, the top down who believed, whether it's the general manager, whether it's the team president, whether it's the head coach, whether it's everybody in that locker room, that Kawhi Leonard would not have gotten hurt in that Golden State series that they would have won it. Now, now, now you can argue with that as as a basketball observer, as a basketball fan, as a guy who 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 just watches the playoffs. You could have said Golden State was going to win that either way, but everyone there believes they would have won that series. And so, regardless of how things go in the regular season, I think, and this may be right or wrong on on the part of the Spurs. They think that if they can bring it back, bring the team back, run it back with Rudy Gay, that they're going to have a chance when May and June come around. Um, so that, I think that's going to be a significant part of their thought process if they're sitting there in fourth place in January or February. Um, now, maybe they decide, like reality just smacks them in the face, and this isn't going to work. If they get if they get beat down by those good teams, by Golden State, by Houston in the regular season, yeah, maybe they do reevaluate and say, what can we get for LaMarcus at this point? But yeah. if they're kind of where they were last year, and you know, they're, if they're on pace to win 50, 55 games and, and finish second or third in the West, I think everyone in that organization thinks they have a shot, and they might be the only ones who think they have a shot. Yeah. <laughs> but, but that belief, that belief is going to affect their thinking, you know. And uh, so it's going to be fascinating to watch. But but I can't sit here and say that I think they're going to cut ties with Lamarcus if things don't go well right away. I think yeah. that always it's has unlikely. to be considered. It's, it's definitely unlikely. It's unlikely. I mean, because yeah. they don't, they don't, you know, they don't have a history of doing stuff like this in a midseason right. uh, trade deadline. You know, they usually are very, very cautious about you know, breaking up the team because their thinking is we need all 82 games to get into rhythm and then we'll take our chances and roll the dice once the playoffs come. I mean, unless a deal crosses their table where they just, I mean, unless Cleveland says, hey, you want LeBron? I mean, I'm sure they'll shift yeah. LaMarcus, <laughs> everybody, you know, soon. Right. Uh, but, you know, that it, that would just, you know, the things that we, you know, talk about on this podcast of the, you know, the eye-openers, that was just one of them, man. And, I, and first of all, let me give props. Right now, right here on this podcast, give props to the Marcus Aldridge because he didn't have to admit that. He could have left everybody yep. in suspicion like he's always done, but he was he admitted it, and I think that's step one to possibly repairing what could be the last season that he has this spur because everybody would forget he does have that player option coming up. It's worth about twenty something million dollars. It's hard to see him saying no to that, but if he's truly not satisfied by the end of the season with his role, 
I, I can't see him picking it up. I mean, I think he'll probably just toss it and take his chances elsewhere, even if that means taking a little bit less uh, going in, in, into next season. Hey, hey Jabbar, do you remember uh, it was post-game one of the series? I think it was during the Houston series at home when he went through that thing in the locker room about how he admitted that whenever he has the ball on the block and somebody small is guarding him, that the whole arena, you know, he he actually worries about that, that he, that he second yeah. guesses himself. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That that kind of – I thought about that today uh, when, when he admitted being frustrated because I do think that he obsesses about this stuff. And he can't – one of his problems is he can't get out of his own head. And, uh, you know – like you said, props to him for for admitting that today. But I I, I just think uh, if he's going to succeed here, that's one of the things he has to get over is second guessing where he fits in the offense, second guessing himself when he has the ball in the block. He needs just to get out of his own way and be who he used to be. And um, I'm not sure he's going to get there, but if he can, um, you know, that makes the Spurs all the better. Yeah, it does. And that's all, I say that all the time, you know, roundtable stuff. I've always said it. And I even told him to a space, man, listen, I fought battles for you, brother. Okay? All the office, I, I say, we take a lot of heat when we defend you. And he laughs and says he knows it, you know, and, and walking with him outside after he left the podium. Uh, but, but you know, he, he does. Don't People who think that athletes don't pay attention to none of this stuff, don't fool yourself because they do. They read it. They may look at Look, Kevin Durant proved it, okay? He created another yeah. Twitter account for himself. So he could see all the comments, okay? They they look at this stuff and they've been hearing it and they hear the criticism, you know, and, and all of that. So, um, but listen, you know, if 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 this is the the, the first step to him finally proving that he is still a, a one of the best power forwards in his league by just coming out and admitting it that yeah, his name was involved. To me, this fuels you. If you if I'm Lamarcus Aldridge, I'm like, listen, y'all tried to trade me, or oh, really take that. Okay, this yep. it, I'm, this fuels me. Okay, it's one thing to just say I'm unhappy, but it's another thing when you try to get rid of me after I left money on the table in Portland to come here, and I'm still not fitting in well because y'all haven't kind of put stuff around. I'm I'm balling this season, so we'll definitely see how you know how that all works out uh, for for the markets. But um, that was one thing, Mike. Number two, you hit it, Tony Parker. I mean, he sounds like he wants to be back by the end of November. Now. I'm not necessarily on board with this, Mike, and I'm going to tell you why. I love Tony Parker, and I think that the Spurs need him if they want to make a deep playoff run and possibly get the NBA Finals. I'm not in favor of rushing him back. The reason why I'm not in favor of rushing him back is because a part of me thinks that Tony is doing this coming back so soon because people forget this is a contract year for him, okay? The more time he yep. misses, the more time he, you know, that he takes to get himself right, and he, he said he's a, you know, his doctor says 0% that he can re-injure it. He feels good. And if he really wants to get back in November, that's fine. I'm, I'm, I have no problem with that. But I just want to make sure that he's 100% ready, okay? And a lot of times these guys come and they think that they're 100% ready, but then they, something happens to their other body part because they've been rehabbing so much to get that one body part together that something else happens to the other body part, and they're out again, yep. you know? And, so it's and like, he's an old man. Yeah, and I just want him to take his time. So it doesn't happen again. What do you take from this whole thing? You, you think that he's rushing a little bit, or do you really want to see him or hope that he's back on the floor in November? What you bring up is another really interesting um, subplot to all of this. In that you're right, he is in a contract here, um, so he wants to play. He wants to get back early. He wants to prove to yeah. 
whichever, whichever, whichever team might be bidding for him next year, mm-hmm. and he can play a whole season. On the other hand, if you're Greg Popovich or R.C. Buford, like, don't you just want him to chill out and, like, sit for November and December, even if he's ready? I mean, it's, it's, kind, of like that, it's kind of like that Tom Brady thing last year when, when he got suspended. Like, that turned out to be a great thing for the Patriots because, you, see. you know, your, see your star is sitting. Yeah. yeah. He, and uh, so that's going to be – Pop and, and, and Tony have a good relationship and have for a long time. But I, I just wonder, and I'm not trying to create drama where there isn't any. But, no, but no, you bringing that up. Create the drama. Create it. Right. No, no, I'm, I'm just saying I wonder what that conversation is like yeah. when Tony goes to Pop and says, I want to play against the Timberwolves on a Wednesday night in November. And Pop says, no, we want to, we want to make sure you're healthy for the stretch run. And Tony says, no, I want to get out there and prove myself, and you know I'm going to be a free agent next year. I'm not saying Tony would ever do that or that Pop would ever resist that, but that would be an interesting conversation to listen to, you know. And uh, honestly, I don't think that I don't think that the the free agency motivates Tony as much as just wanting to prove that he can play again and wanting to compete for another title. I, I, oh yeah, I don't think that's, and a, that's a major off, issue. And holding off whoever's ready to replace him too. Now, let's keep it right. real. As an athlete, That's you don't true. want anybody. You don't want somebody to come and just take your spot. Tony's not ready to give up that spot as being the starting point guard of this team, and so that could be also helping to motivate him. There are a lot of things motivating Tony Parker. There always have have been. Uh, it's just you're right. That that would be. That's just. Like I said, I'd like to hear that conversation, um, and 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 I'm not sure it would ever come up with Tony that, that hey, look, I, I I need a new contract next year. I need to prove myself. But there's so many things that go into the running day to day of an NBA franchise that I think people don't realize. That it's amazing that the Spurs have been so happy and so successful for so long. Because yeah. I mean, that's just an example right there of of the ways that just little things can blow up uh, chemistry or, or or blow up the way a team gets along. So. Um, yeah. I, I expect it'll work out for him, but that, that's something to watch. Here's something else, though, right? Because, and, and this is something that, you go back to in the history of the Spurs, this is something that they never mess with. You, and Pablo Saul knows this firsthand. What happens if they're playing very well with whoever as the starting point guard while Tony Parker sits? Because he said November, right? He didn't say end of yeah. November. So that's almost a month that you have to go without Tony Parker. Either way, he's not going to start the regular season. We know that. But he, he's, let's say he goes a month. Okay, without unless maybe you know, and knock on wood, this doesn't happen. But he he has a small minor setback, and that gets pushed back to December. Okay, yep. You got a whole month and a half without Tony Parker, and let's say that they're playing really, really well with either Dejounte Murray or you know, or, or, or Patty Mills, whoever is at that starting point guard position. The history of the Spurs is if they're playing well, by the time that starter comes back, they don't just give you that rollback. Papa saw learned that yeah. firsthand last year when they were playing very well without Dwayne Dedman, and guess what came when Powell came back, they had to tell him, Listen, you gotta come off the bench. We're playing too good now. We don't want to mess up this chemistry that we got going. Does Tony buy into that? See, I think that's that's less of a problem. I might be wrong here, but I think I think that would be just a fantastic pro, uh, problem for the Spurs to have if I mean if DeJounte's playing that that great as a as a starter. Um, yeah, you're right about uh, Pau Gasol lost his job last year, but he was he's still kind of a newcomer. I think Tony Parker is a guy who's going to get his job back uh, if he's healthy. 
And I think that the Spurs would love for DeJounte to play well enough to make them, to make them kind of fret that decision. But if I think Tony gets his job back, I think DeJounte then moves to the bench where he continues. You know him. He's, he wants to prove to people that he can play. Yeah. He, he will, he will move to the bench because he's still a kid and he will, I think he will understand why Tony is starting ahead of him. DeJounte gets more minutes. And if you're a Spurs fan or if you're a Spurs executive or coach, you have to be thrilled that you found your next point guard because Tony's not going to be here forever. I mean, to me, that's a no, there's no loser in the situation where DeJounte Murray looks like a starting point guard of the future in November and December. Even, even if, you have to go back to, to saying, yeah, Tony gets his job back, and even if he's less effective than DeJounte right away, I think everybody's cool with that because Tony's the veteran point guard you're going to need in the playoffs, and you can bring DeJounte off the bench and know that next year, the year after that, uh, you're going to have your next point guard. Um, uh-huh. if, basically what I'm saying is if, if what you're saying happens, I think the Spurs will be thrilled with that problem. You know yeah, I mean? it, it is a good problem to have. You're right. It is a good problem to have when you got two guys. You obviously got a future Hall of Famer who's coming back, and you know somebody who's already in that start lineup who's balling well. But uh, that, that's that's what's gonna be interesting, man. I mean, it, it, that's already a couple of storylines that you have surrounding this team. Um, you know, with the the fitting in of Lamarcus Aldridge uh, again, and then you know t- uh, Tony Parker, w- what happens with him? But um, you know, I don't know. You know, and I said outside of you know Greg Popovich's comments. You know, the, I think that the videos that were tweeted out, the, the, the quotes that were tweeted out, and the stuff that we have on our site, expressviews.com, will take care of all of that. Um, you know, right fast, I thought it was tremendous stuff. It, it was almost similar to what he said last year. You know, uh, and, yeah. and I know you weren't. It was the same thing almost, you know. So it was like, okay, you know, there's really no different. Um, you know, if anything, I wanted to, you know, kind of ask him, but I think, you know, he was on. I didn't want to get interrupted. I don't want to in- interrupt him again where he looked at me and says, I'm not done yet. I, I didn't want that. Um, but, you were a, you were a historic part of his first, uh, <laughs> you, of, of his first Trump rant, uh, yeah. where, where, uh, you, you, you tried to get a question there and he said, no, I'm not done. And, th- and that yeah. you'll go down in history as the guy who made Pop say, no, I'm not done yet. Yeah, so I don't, like, uh, don't go down the history of that guy, but I mean, it, it's already history. But I don't want people to remember me by that way. On my tombstone, it's not bad. And by the way, that's not a bad thing. Greg Popovich on his on his famous uh, Donald Trump speech. So uh, it, was, it, it was phenomenal stuff. It was it was phenomenal stuff. Yeah, uh, I mean, if, if if we're going to talk about that in brief, all I'll say is um, he kind of I, the most interesting thing uh, from from that. Rant. I, I don't want to call it a rant. It was an intelligent uh, piece of uh, discourse there. But he basically said, I want you to feel uncomfortable, um, especially if you're white. Um, and I think, you know, when we write about this stuff, when I write about it in the paper, I get emails. I get tweets. I get people saying this this coach should shut up. Um, that is cool with Bob. I mean, he, he's basically saying in order for any change to happen, if you go back through the history of civil rights, of women's suffrage, of, of everything, it, it, it starts with people being uncomfortable. And uh, that's the one thing I said, I, I, I heard him say that I don't think I've heard him put in that way before. Right. And, uh, you know, I, regardless of how you feel about it, I think that's an admirable uh, stance to take because, you know, he risks losing fans over this and he's decided it's important enough uh, to make that stand.
I'm just, you know, listen, man, we're, we're journalists, so we, we love to write about newsworthy things. Um, you know, I'm just waiting for Donald Trump to say something, man. I almost feel like, you know, I'm just <laughs> waiting. You know, I, I, I'm waiting for that tweet to pop up. With him. <laughs> I mean, really, I'm just, I, it's almost like you got this man, Greg Popovich, you know, has come at him plenty of times. Uh, in a, in a, in a, you know, respectful way, just kind of voicing his thoughts on things. But, um, you know, he's almost figuring, like, I know Donald Trump has saw this. I know he's seen these things. And I know, you know, what do you, what do you do? Do you tweet back at him or are you, are you scared? Maybe it's not on Fox and Friends, you know, so maybe, maybe, maybe President Trump really does not know what Popovich is saying. Uh, yeah. but, uh, you're, you're right. That, I think everybody is waiting for that eventual the day that acknowledgement. Happens. Yeah, the day yeah. that happens, man, our website's going to crash. I'm telling you. Yeah. A lot of people, it's going to crash, man. But yeah. um, like I said, three things, man. My third thing, Mike, I don't know what your third thing is. I know the two we had in common, but, um, you know, after everyone left, I had a chance to talk to Kyle Anderson. There's another guy who's coming up on a contract year. And, you know, it's coming yeah. up on an extension year where the Spurs have to decide by late next month what they're going to do is for, in terms of, uh, of an extension. And he still has his rights. He can still go with the restricted free agent, but um, I'm sure he's thinking long-term that like he wants to sign a long-term deal, and I have to worry about all that stuff next summer. But um, worked out with Russell Westbrook, worked out with Anthony Davis, seems very motivated to uh, really prove what he can do. The problem that he's going to have, like, every other year that he's been here is actually getting on the court. And with Ruby Gray Gay in the mix now, with Brandon Paul trying to prove, you know, that he belongs, with Derek White, who's uh, trying to get on mm-hmm. the court, DeJounte Murray, Mono Ginobili is back, Patty Mills is, is also in that role. With those guys trying to prove that, and there's still guys coming back, it's going to be difficult for him to do that. Um, but I see the motivation in his eyes. I see the focus in his eyes. He's toned up. Um, you know, I watched some clips, uh, you know, of him working in the offseason. He looks very, very good. So, you know, I'm, I'm eager to see what this year four means for Kyle Anderson. Year three was supposed to be good with Boris Diaw gone, so I'm eager to see what, what this means. He said that he worked on his shot relentlessly, and he did not, you know, he was he had other people in his ear before. Chip England was working with him, and he said he didn't listen to anybody. He shot it the way that he wanted to shoot it this offseason, and he felt it worked, okay, without anybody in his ear. So a lot of stuff that, you know, coming from Kyle Anderson about his uh, summer, and, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued to see how that's going to play out. Uh, this season. It ain't going to happen immediately. Over the long term, I want to see what happens. But, um, but what, what was your third thing? What was the thing that you picked up today at the media day? That's, that's, that's a good one. And this isn't really specifically to media day per se, but I, wa- I, I watched Rudy Gay walk by and, you know, he, he, he talked to, to the media before today and uh, probably will again later this week. Mm-hmm. But I mean, that, that has the potential to be huge. And I think yeah. I think it's totally overlooked when uh, people talk about how the West got better. Uh, I think uh, Manu said today, good teams got better and bad teams got better in the West. And, uh, um, you know, you, you look at Chris Paul, you look at Carmelo Anthony, all the all the guys that the contenders added in in the West. But if if Rudy Gay can become anything close to what he has been over the past few years, and can enable the Spurs to kind of go with their version of a small ball lineup. You know, it's not a classic small ball lineup, but it, you could move LaMarcus to the five and have, have Rudy Gay play four with Kawhi at the three. I, I mean, they will give the best teams a series. I'm not going to say they're going to beat the Warriors or beat the Rockets or beat the Thunder, 
But he, I think, is the linchpin to a lot of the Spurs' hopes this year. And mm-hmm. I'm, really, I'm really looking forward to seeing how he becomes a Spur. We, we've seen veteran guys come to San Antonio and sort of become a Spur in their careers. And I, I'm going to be fascinated to see how that happens with Rudy Gay because I, I think he can make a huge difference. Isn't it refreshing, though, man, to have another voice, a new voice in the locker room? I just hope Rudy Gay doesn't. Doesn't you know? I want, obviously he wants to fit in with the team. I just hope that he stays and stuff. And everything I've heard from him after you know they signed him was, "Yo, this dude's outspoken. He'll stay like it is. You know, he's really cool." Mm-hmm. I hope he doesn't change that. Man, don't give me no one-liners. Don't give me no comfy lines. Just tell it like it is. That's one reason I'm happy Manu Ginobili's back. The one guy in that locker room I know is always going to tell it like it is, uh, no matter who likes it. He's just going to keep it real and say if they play bad, if they're good or not, if they're not good. So, I mean, I, I just hope that he stays that way. But you're right. I mean, Rudy Gay, man, this is, and this is another dude. Talk about people betting on themselves and having something to prove. Rudy Gay does. He opted out of $14 million to take a $17 million, two-year $17 million deal, making $8 million this year. You leave $14 million on the table. That's an extra $6, 7000000 million that's not coming into your pocket this year. Yep. But if he plays really well, this guy can hit the market again next season and make up for that. Okay, so yep. uh, this is another dude that's betting on himself, man. It really is. And, you know, you said the market's all just playing a five. I actually, I joke with him, you know, walking out. And I said, well, you played a five. He looked up and grins and said, we'll see. So it doesn't sound like he's still buying into the idea. But yeah. if you saw what happened in Dallas or what's going on in Dallas, apparently Rick Carlisle is going to start Dirk Nowinski at the five this season. So he'll play a center. So maybe the market buys into that role now that he sees somebody who he's respected and who kind of modeled his game after a little bit, playing the five and taking on that role. Who knows what, what that means? Yep. Um, and I, I, the other thing about Rudy Gay is we haven't he, – he's one of those guys who's, who's been a great NBA player for so long. I mean, it's like you sort of take it for granted how long he's been just a solid NBA upper-tier player. Never really been in a big playoff series before. Um, you You know he's got to be excited about – uh, being able to have a chance to win a championship, to to play in a finals, to play in a conference uh-huh. finals for the first time, um, and um, in in, a, in an organization where so many guys have been there before, I, I think it's healthy to bring in one of those guys who haven't and have always wanted to be there. So you kind hungry. of not not yeah. the, not 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 that the guys who are in the locker room aren't hungry anymore, but adding hunger the kind of hunger that Rudy Gay has, I think, can only help uh, when, when when you're chasing what the Spurs are chasing. Yeah, and you know what? He's funny, man. The one series, he's been in one playoff series, and that was when the Clippers and uh, Memphis Grizzlies went seven games that year. And that was yeah. the year, I think, Zach Randolph had got suspended over something, and I think it was a, a foul. I forget what it was, but I think he got suspended that series, and the Clippers went on to win it. But the Grizzlies was tough that year. They were really, really tough. Uh, and a lot of people forget, man, you know, Rudy Gay, and, and people tell me this all the time, when he's locked in on a defensive end, he is actually a pretty good defender. And obviously in San Antonio, you know he's going to play defense here. I mean, ain't no, anyway, mm-hmm. he's going to come up game, he's going to play defense here. So if you have three guys on the floor, and Danny Green, Kawhi Leonard, and Rudy Gay, capable of switching everything and good perimeter yeah. defenders, listen, I'm not trying to pump the team up, but, I mean, if that's, if that works like that and Rudy Gay does come out and he does play as well as he's capable of on both offense and defense at the end of the floor, I think this team has a time. I mean, listen, Oklahoma State is going to be tough, okay? Houston, yep. they're going to be tough too even though they lost a lot of death 
because they had to go get Chris Paul. But, I mean, Golden State's still the team to beat. If I had to pick right now, before I let you go, right, because Cowboys game's coming on, and I definitely want to watch. Um, I got Golden State number one. I got OKC number two. And I got Houston and Spurs fighting for that 3-4 spot. We were fighting for the mm-hmm. three spot, and obviously whoever loses that goes and drops the four. Um, mm-hmm. You know, we can't forget about Minnesota, who's going to be lurking. I think they're number five, number six seed. I think the Pelicans have a chance to be better. Portland still, you know, a team that you can't forget about because they're young. They got Nurkic coming off now for a full year, and he's a good uh, piece for them to have. Um, so the West is really, really deep. But as far as the top four spot, that's who I got. Your top okay, four so- is going to it. Okay, so instead of instead of ranking them, let, let me ask you this. Because clearly the goal of, of those top four is to avoid the four spot because the four spot has to play Golden State in, yes. uh, in the conference semifinals. If, if, if you're the Spurs and you can get to two or three, which of those other two teams would you rather play in that round, the, the Rockets or the, or the Thunder? Oh, man. I think I'd rather play the Rockets. I think I'd rather play the Rockets. I think I, because, I, think I would too. Yeah, I think I'd rather I play the Rockets because I think Kawhi and Danny can hold their own with Chris Paul and James Harden. And people forget if you take those that two headed monster and you are able to contain them, you can't shut them down. But if you're able to contain them, uh-huh. um, I, I think your chances are better. Listen, if Carmelo comes with that renewed sense of hey, I'm playing for something, watch out, uh-huh. Paul. I mean, Paul George, you know, he, he's still, you know, I think out of the three that they have in OKC, Paul George is probably the the, the one with less because it doesn't work out. He gets to skip town anyway. It doesn't work out for Oklahoma City. Russell Westbrook looks bad because everybody's going to say, you didn't get those guys involved enough. It doesn't work out for OK, I mean, for, for OKC. Carmelo Anthony's going to look at it and say, you know, well, it, it doesn't work for me. And okay, and he, he looks bad because he wanted out. He got out of New York. I mean, I know they forced him out. He got out of New York, said he wanted to, get, wanted to go to OKC, one of the teams he wouldn't mind going to get there, and they don't, you know, get better. It doesn't look good on him either. Paul George gets to get signed as you know, and skip town and go to L.A. So, you know, those guys have a lot to prove as well. But, listen, OKC, man, I mean, history has shown they always get the Spurs problems. And, and here's, here's why I think them. you – yeah, and, and here's why I think you, you gave the right answer there. Uh, it's sort of what you just said. But uh, Russell Westbrook and Stephen Adams have beaten the Spurs before in the playoffs. Like, Russell exactly. Westbrook is not going to be – he's not going to be intimidated playing Spurs in the Western Conference semifinals. James Harden has not had has not had much luck against the Spurs and kind of embarrassed himself the last time he played him. Mm-hmm. So and 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 Chris, and Chris Paul always gives the Spurs fits, but you know the Spurs have beaten him before. I think you know the Spurs would much prefer to see the Rockets in that round than the than the Thunder. Yeah, and the only thing I would say about that round is Houston probably would be pissed off at what happened last year, so they might be playing That's a true. little bit tougher. But I still would rather see Houston. Uh, in that, I wouldn't want because if you got to see OKC in that, you know, and after that, then you got to go and play Golden State, possibly in the conference. Yeah. You, could be, you could be worn out by that time, you know, because yeah. Westbrook is coming at you 100 miles an hour or 200 miles an hour, so he's going to come. And, you know, Kawhi can't stick everybody on that team. It's either Westbrook, it's either Carmelo, it's either Paul George. It's pick your poison, okay? Like, everybody else is going to get there, so. You know, like I said, I, I think Houston still is the better team I'd rather play. But, I mean, those are my four. I, I can't just yeah. you give me your four. What do we got to do? What do we got to do for the next seven months until May? Uh, I mean, isn't that amazing? Rearrange them? Rearrange them? 
Rearrange it? <laughs> I didn't say Isn't that amazing? We already know who the top four are, so we got to wait that long. Yeah. Yeah, well, because it's, it's, it's not – I mean, to me, it's pretty simple. Unless something dramatic happens with Minnesota, Minnesota is probably going to be a playoff team. They're very deep. But Jimmy Butler's side um, and Jeff Teague, they still are young, and they still overall don't know how to win yet. Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, you know, those guys haven't been in crucial playoff uh, you know, games. They haven't been in those tight games where it comes down to if you make one mistake, it could cost you the game. So, like I said, I think Minnesota's going to be better. I think they may be a playoff team, but I don't think that they have creeped up into that upper echelon of the top four guys, top five, top four. Nope. I think we know who the top four teams are going to be. It's just that order. Yep. Yep. Can't wait. Yeah. Thanks for having me, Jabari. Yeah. This is fun. <laughs> you're not going to give me your top four. You, I can't believe you're like, you getting out of here without giving me your top four. It's all good, man. It's all good. We got, we got seven, eight months to figure that out. Come on, now. Yeah. Well, like I said. This, uh, this, was, that, this was fun, though. This was fun, though. Thanks for having yeah. me. Yeah. I, yeah. He kept course. He wants to get out of here because he doesn't want to get the top four. <laughs> Mike Fanger, that was the three things we have uh, picked up and learned uh, at Spurs Media Day. Uh, remember, catch all your Spurs news in those MySlate.com, ExpressNews.com, and keep up again with the podcast. Spurs Nation Podcast. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next time.